Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Supporting Teachers' Exploration of AI for Teaching and Learning. I'm joined on this podcast with education technology leaders from the Chester County Intermediate Unit in Pennsylvania, which serves as a education service agency. Josh Ecker, who is the Learning Design Coordinator, and Kylie Hand, who is the Director of Learning Design and Educational Technology. Welcome, Kylie and Josh. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Glad to be back. Glad to have you here. I'm wondering, for starters, if you might each take a little bit of time to describe your role at the IU and and the services that that you provide out to your your schools. Sure. So I'll go first because I am relative to Kylie, a newbie to the IU, so I'm sure she'll be able to elaborate a little bit. But... You know, at the IU, as the learning design coordinator, I work with a team of consultants around any projects schools are doing with learning design in general, uh, especially ed tech infused learning design. Um, So a lot of work with AI, student centered learning um, and any other projects uh, and innovative work districts want to bring to their district. Thanks, Kylie. To add to that, I get the real pleasure of getting to work with Josh and others, uh, Jennifer Barron, who we met in an earlier episode here, uh, to help support the integration of instructional technology across school settings. I also get to help oversee some of our certification endorsement programs and really help others to understand how learning can look uh, through different modalities. Um, I also get the pleasure of getting to partner and collaborate with others beyond the intermediate unit. And so Josh and I and others get to work with counterparts across our state. And then really, uh, as we develop professionally as lead learners, uh, collaborate with others across the nation to try to stay abreast of the research, the evidence, and the growing trends within school systems, educational technology, learning design, competency-based learning, and so forth. Thanks. Thanks. And excited that you agreed to uh, join us here with a, with a focus on uh, on AI. So I, I know the initial uh, response to the appearance of AI was in some ways a, uh, a sense of fear that uh, ranged from uh, security concerns to uh, students cheating. <laughs> uh, realizing that there's a lot to addressing uh, th- those issues. I'm wondering if you can provide some elements that school leaders who are the group that tunes into this podcast, but mostly building level leaders and 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 instructional coach leaders, it's some of the elements that 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 leaders should be aware of with uh, with the entry of AI. I think we oftentimes hear of the when I interpreted your question initially, I'm thinking of concerns. Um, kind of liabilities, things that we should uh, look out for, the the big bad wolf in this situation. But I'm I'm thinking uh, to maybe start with 
spinning it from a more positive angle. So some of the things that school leaders should be aware of is that AI is here and that we are going to need to teach our students how to leverage it appropriately. And one of the best ways that they can do that from a, a proactive and positive approach um, rather than that big bad wolf approach is modeling it with their faculty. Um, so if I'm an instructional coach, if I'm a principal, assistant principal, or central office leader, I should be modeling, I should be using AI, I should be the lead learner using AI, and then I should be modeling it with my teachers uh, when I'm doing something that uh, I could very easily use AI for, I should do that. And then I should almost do like the think aloud, just like we do with our students as to here's what I did with AI, here's some of the pitfalls, here's some of the limitations, here's what prompting I used, here's what I found worked and didn't work, um, just to, to help onboard them a little bit. So I would say maybe start with, think about starting with modeling. So just to check on that, I'm I'm almost envisioning that a, an instructional coach sitting next to a teacher in a uh, in, in a conference, whether it's a it's a planning conference or a generating ideas to uh, tackle an issue the teachers raised, the coach could almost turn to an AI tool uh, there in the conference and 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 model that that interaction with AI directly for the teacher. Oh, absolutely. I mean, pre and post conference, it doesn't have to just be synchronous. It could be uh, here. I'm going to I'm going to follow up and send you some ideas. And then when the ideas are sent, giving a nod and some credit, I got these ideas from Bard, uh, which is Google's AI tool, or I got these ideas from ChatGPT. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the reinforcement because I've been doing it virtually. <laughs> <laughs> I finished the conversation with the teacher and as Zoom went off, I thought, oh, man, I should have looked at this. So I jumped in, pulled it up and then sent the teacher the uh, the, the link for it. Mm -hmm. Josh, you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, I think on more the reactive or concern side of the ledger that Kylie was talking about, you know, I think I think about the data privacy piece, school policies. And I think, you know, as as coaches, they can support teachers with keeping those considerations in mind during planning and implementation. Uh, and then on more the proactive, exciting side of AI and what it can do for our schools is, you know, really looking at how we're future proofing our teaching and learning. And what that means is, you know, how are we preparing students for the world that they're that they exist in now, but that they're also going to be going into, especially, you know, after they graduate high school, whether they're entering the workforce or going to uh, a university somewhere. And, you know, it really is the question, if AI is going to become as ubiquitous as we all see it becoming, isn't it a disservice to our students to not build it into their school experience? So that's that's kind of the general thought that I keep in mind, because if we're not you know, if we're not being proactive, it's going to become a problem, whereas it can really be a solution to a lot of current problems. And to add to that, when we are future proofing our teaching and learning, that is going to look like we may need to outline our assignments by which level of AI use is acceptable in the assignment. Uh, we need to also, as teachers, as educators, realize that AI detection may, uh, may not be possible. It likely is not possible, will not be possible. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion in the higher ed realm and in, in the K-12 realm around AI detectors. 
And um, really, that is not something that we encourage based on the evidence and some of the biases that are actually built within those detectors. So I think a proactive approach would be to talk with your teachers. If you suspect that AI use is happening on an assignment in which you clearly said, I really want you to give me um, your own thinking on this because it would remove the cognitive lift of the learning process from the learner, then I think we need to have a process in place. So it shouldn't just be, um, I, I looked at your assignment and it looks too good. Um, it, it, you can possibly <laughs> have written this, right? Because that is something that conveys um, another bias to a student uh, from the teacher aspect, which could be really damaging to that student. So what is a, a an honoring approach to suspected use? Is it, let's have conversations around your product or your, or your process. And, and how did you get here? And, um, you know, I really wanted you to, to learn this particular skill. And it seems like you used AI to really substitute the learning process here. So what does that actual conversation look like? I think it's incumbent upon our coaches and our school leaders to help our teachers think through that so that they uh, don't have to, to react to it. And, and it's consistent across classes and teachers. So for the schools that are at the uh, beginning stage of tapping into the benefits, what are some of the starting points that instructional coaches and, and administrators could be supporting in, in those initial steps? This is a question that we've really, like, it's been a huge focus for us, both like internally in our team and also in our conversations with districts and their admin teams. And we've been working on developing some different entry points that districts can take. Uh, we have, I want to say around 10 or so in total different entry points, and I won't go through all of those uh, unless you want this to be a three-hour podcast, but I would say the three that if I were a building administrator or an instructional coach on a team getting this work started, um, the three starting points that I would really consider are modeling and sharing AI with teachers. So exposing them to the, the benefits and some of the potential downsides of it, um, discussing the impact of AI with teachers, with the school board, with the community, really with any stakeholders who are involved in the school environment at all, and then developing an AI position statement and a vision that can really guide the more nitty gritty work that follow. Can you talk a little bit about the kinds of things that might be in a position statement? Yeah. So, Kylie, I think this is something that you can really speak to. Sure. Um, so a couple of schools, uh, there are a couple of examples that come to mind uh, would be Radnor Township School District, which is a little bit outside of our county, but within our region, they put together a position and it's like a one pager. And then the Russell group um, was really early on, I think, as a front runner. It's a group of universities in the UK that put together something. And it is for higher ed, but I think it could still be applicable for K-12, but, uh, and it's a little longer than one page, but really the beliefs that, that an organization, a school district hold about the usage of AI. And I don't want to put the words in a position statement for a district, but what is um, in some of these position statements is what we believe about AI usage in education. 
So uh, we believe that things such as like we believe AI is uh, is here to stay. We want to uh, embrace it. That means that we're going to have to rethink some of the assessment strategies, some of the instructional strategies so that we can make our learning meaningful and relevant, uh, that we're committed to that and that we're going to do that through professional learning, things like that. So those are just some of the pieces for it. Um, but I, I would encourage when putting together some position statements to consider research on best practices for instruction generally that have nothing to do with AI, um, but also just kind of what do we want our students to be as future ready learners. So I would look at some of the research about what's coming out uh, from reports like LinkedIn about the future of work. Um, so that if we are expecting to get our students' career and college ready or future ready, that we are embedding that into our curriculum and instructional practices. There's an idea floating around in my head. And uh, <laughs> so I, I want to run it by you. And uh, I'm, I may be totally off, in which case it's okay to tell me that. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, it's one of the reasons I like doing the uh, the, the podcast uh, in, in, informally. As as I was listening to you uh, uh, describe several uh, uh, pieces here in in the beginning stages, I'm getting a sense that leaders dealing with AI have to take a more active uh, engagement uh, in the process than perhaps they have done with other technology. I'm kind of getting a read, you know, there was a time the principal could bring the technology coach into the school, create a technology coach position and kind of hand that thing off to the that person. But in listening to you, I'm I'm pondering that the uh that that leaders with this may need to uh take a a, a more uh, a more engaged uh, fr front end piece. I would echo that. I think that's absolutely true. AI is something that really affects all of us. Uh, and I think it brings to light because it is so, it's not that AI in, its, in general is a new technology, but the access to it for a lay consumer like myself um, to be able to access it so uh, widely has really changed and it, it brings to light a lot of new questions and kind of quandaries around ethics and integrity. And it brings to light some questions as to what we're teaching our students. Do we need to teach them in the same way? Um, and if not, then how are we teaching them and what now new things do we need to teach them? So there, it, it, begs a lot of new questions that we may not have had to grapple with when another new technology came out. One common um, similar thread, I might say, would maybe be social media. Like when social media came out, that was something that was pretty widespread. And um, at the time, uh, sometimes schools would say, oh, well, that's something that happens outside of the school walls. But then as we see now in present day, um, it really bleeds into the, the school day. Um, and it is something that we sometimes and oftentimes will encourage students to use, but use in a way that's judicious and, and careful and responsible. Yeah, I think that that connection to social media is really good. And, I, you know, I would say in general, schools and districts aren't always the most nimble organizations. You know, they're not always used to reacting something very quickly and, and being, you know, proactive because there are so many stakeholders and it's really important to to get that buy in with big decisions. But I think with how quickly generative AI has become 
a major factor in all of our lives and in the school setting, administrators have to be involved because it takes everyone staying involved and committed to make these decisions more quickly than you might have to make them with other technology or other issues or or new things that might arise. So I, I had asked you about the schools that were at the beginning uh, implementation piece here or exploration piece. I'm wondering if you'd spend a little time taking us to the uh, to the other end of that uh, continuum. Are, are you working with uh, some schools, some educators who kind of jumped in with both feet early on? I'd love to hear what 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 some of those places are uh, are making happening for uh, for for students uh, and. You got thoughts of what's going to come after that possibility thinking for us. Yeah, so the school districts that we have seen related to your previous question, the ones that have are the front runners are the ones where the leaders took the bull by the horns and just wanted to move forward with this kind of seeing what Josh shared, things are changing so rapidly. It is so hard in a school setting because there are so many competing initiatives, mandates, needs, day-to-day operations, serving the community. Um, and, and we understand time is a factor. So uh, one of the things though that we've seen that's been helpful is not that the leader themselves is doing all the work, but that they have created these stakeholder groups. And I think once they create these stakeholder groups, identify some of the problems, the issues, the opportunities, then it just, what we've seen, it's almost like a very quick domino effect. Well, if we want to use it, well, what tools do we use? Well, how do we vet those tools? Well, what, what, what are the possibilities with AI? Okay. Now that I've gotten this in the teacher's hands, what do we want students to use? Well, if we want them to use it, we have to vet the tool. We have to look at the privacy concerns. We have to consider um, if if the privacy says that it's for students 18 and under, but with parent consent, well, now we have to put in some kind of process. Maybe it's a permission slip process, which we've seen some of our school districts use um, to, to use a particular AI tool. And now if I'm using AI tools, I need to teach the safe and responsible use to my students. And then if I'm going to do that, then I have to articulate the guidelines for a particular assignment. When should and shouldn't they use it? How should they cite it? So once you start going, it then seems to progress quite naturally. And we've seen this happen in a few different school districts. I think some districts are just a little resistant because they know once they you know pull off the band-aid, right, that it's just going to continue these additional conversations. But um, we, we hope that they're productive conversations. Um, it's just that sometimes the unknown can be a bit scary and daunting and overwhelming. And that's why uh, folks like Josh and I exist so that um, if you if you are concerned about how to go down the path or you want some thought partners or guidance, um, we we can share some of that with with school districts as partners. And you know, building off of what Kylie said, there are um, a couple things in particular. You know, we've done with some of those those earlier adopters. Um, one is there's a a framework called the Value Add of Technology on Teaching, uh, which is essentially a an evaluation tool for new technologies a school might want to bring in, or could even be used by individual teachers. Uh, and this, we really like this tool because it is a little more concrete, I would say, than some of the other evaluative tools out there. It really allows teachers or coaches or administrators to think about the impact of the tool in the classroom or the impact on learning. So that framework has been has been helpful so far. 
um, for the, the districts we've introduced it to. And then a project I'm thinking of in particular uh, that we worked with the district on is developing a course for students to understand generative AI, uh, its history, and also what what appropriate use looks like. So that's really building their capacity to use it appropriately and, and effectively as that district starts to bring it more into their day-to-day instruction. That's very cool. Is that part of a course? Is that secondary level? Is that part of a course or is it a, a course uh, stands on its own? That is, uh, it's a micro course. So it's like okay. a one hour, one hour course broken up into three 20 minute segments uh, for grades nine through 12. And I believe they have, they gave the students a time frame to complete it. So I think it's being being completed during study hall or, or some kind of other time during the school day. Um, but I don't think it's part of their core gotcha. content classes. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so can you, can you think of one of the places that you're, that you're, that you've worked with where you can kind of point us and say, you know, here's a pretty neat picture of students getting engaged in the learning process uh, in, in, in a way that wasn't happening uh, at least not at the depth or the level that uh, that that AI has uh, has made the opportunity for it to happen at. Something come to mind with that? I, I would say that just speaking to the example Josh gave, we had a lot of feedback from students about the course as part of the assessment in the course where they said, I thought I knew a lot about AI, or I thought I knew what AI was, how it worked. Um, but I realized I really didn't. <laughs> um, and so I think that one of the things that we get to do when we talk about AI with students is help them to understand some of the concepts of computational thinking and algorithmic literacy, understanding that there are these certain patterns to AI that we can decompose um, our assignments into specific prompts to get us to a specific outcome that we might be looking for. So I think um, a lot of our schools that we're working with are front running, are just starting the use of AI students, um, which is exciting, but they're they're doing it in a way that is measured and cautious. Um, and I think that's a, a strong approach because they, there are so many tools and, and things out there. And I think we need to, while students may be using them already outside of the school day, I think giving students a strong foundation in how AI generally works and then how it can be implemented within a structured environment within a particular set of tools, I think is a, a way to go so that they get comfortable and then can apply those um, in the real world settings to the other things that they may or may not be using. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing, Kylie. It feels like districts, the the early adopting districts, are just on sort of the brink of introducing that in classrooms for students. Um, in a lot of ways, I what I'm hoping to see is is some of those really like personalized tutoring tools come into place. So things like Conmigo, and I think Duolingo also has some Chat GPT integration. So that is. You know, if I was thinking of myself being in the classroom, those are the tools I would be most excited about getting in the hands of students. To add to that, I was talking with a school leader who was saying that one of their art teachers at the high school level is going to be creating a course for the following school year around different media 
that can be generated through AI. So it, it may look like, Steve, really just updating existing curriculums uh, as well and may, looking for inroads. And that's one of the suggestions we have for those early entry points for embracing AI is digital media uh, curriculum, anything that is related to uh, STEAM curriculum or anything related to even writing, any, any areas where AI can very seamlessly be integrated, um, even a social studies class um, around where you're talking uh, about debate or ethics or um, social justice or something like that. There's very easy ways to embed conversations around AI and get students to start thinking uh, about algorithmic literacies that they'll need to have in their future. One of the things that I'm really excited about, I know you had mentioned, like, where do you see schools that are really far ahead going? And so I, I can't say that I personally know of schools like this, but one of the things that a speaker we had brought in to the IU who was on a panel for us, um, her name's Vicki Davis, and, and she runs some uh, blogs and things of her own. She had said back in August when, when we had her uh, speak that students are going to need to be supervisors of AI and that they're going to need to be managers. And I really hadn't at that point in time made the connection. She was obviously much further than me. But I hadn't made the connection that um, there are these, the one thing area of generative AI that's growing is this autonomous AI. And Josh and I just have uh, some brief experience using some of these tools ourselves, but students are going to have access to AI that's going to act on their behalf. Um, and that's going to be able to complete a set of goals or tasks that a student kind of assigns to them. And so one of the things I'm interested to see is how can we create self-directed, self-regulated learners that can manage and supervise AI? I think that'll be really neat. And then I think that just um, the things that AI can do to help people who um, may have an exceptionality, who may want, uh, who may speak a different language, um, or who may be learning a different language. I think that there are so many new opportunities about how we can learn that just excite me and feel like will make the make everything so much easier. Josh and I were talking about um, our CTE program at the Chester County Intermediate Unit and how rather than just thinking of an abstract concept of uh, electrical engineering and how it works, we can use AI, um, AR, VR to help students to actually see and manipulate it um, in a digital space, which is really neat. So I, I've, I've been doing my pondering <laughs> uh, about whether the possibility is there for AI to really change schools and know that I speak this as a person who started teaching 50, 50 years ago. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've been through the process of change a lot of times that didn't really lead to, to change. Um, and as you were talking, Kylie, there's a, a word that uh, has, has been important in my work, and that is getting us less focused on teaching and more focused on learning. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I was, I was hearing a piece of that in your, your description of, of, of the power that AI could bring us. Am I, am I on the right track there? Oh, definitely. I, it, it's bringing to light right now, like I had mentioned earlier, a lot of new questions about 
teaching and learning that we maybe haven't had to ask ourselves uh, all that frequently. But when we are, for example, if a student, I was reading an article from a student's perspective about using uh, ChatGPT to work on an assignment. And the quote in the article was something along the lines of, yeah, ChatGPT smashed my assignment in five seconds. Um, <laughs> and so if, if, a student can use AI to do an assignment in five seconds. Should that be the assignment? And, yeah. and, and again, maybe, maybe we do need to put some parameters and say, actually, it is really valuable for you to do this assignment. We really don't want you to use AI. But it does bring to light questions of, hey, if AI can do this assignment, maybe we can ask our student to do an alternative assignment, which actually could be at a deeper level of thinking yeah. than we have in the past driving the learning further. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, in some ways the, 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 the boom of generative AI is similar to, to the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in the sense that there are these seismic shifts in, in the world, and it's forcing us to really examine our practices in schools and districts that really, we probably should have been looking at a long time ago. Yep. Um, but it didn't really need to, you know, because everything was kind of steady and, and moving forward. Uh, so I think, you know, it really is, Steve, like you were saying, it's a chance to to look at what school is and how we can how we can make it better and different. Uh, and, you know, it's again, it's not necessarily that AI itself is the only reason that we need to make that change but it's really kind of maybe forcing that change in a way it wasn't before and making us think about what is the purpose and value of schools in the 21st century yeah so it's a it's a, a great example a, a note of encouragement i think there's been initially there were questions about will ai replace jobs uh, will they replace teachers? And there are going to be some positions that are disrupted uh, in industry based on all the projections I've read from LinkedIn and whatnot about different jobs and different industries. Um, but I think the one thing that makes teaching resilient is the relationships that we have with our students. And I do think, though, that there can be a shift in teaching is the teacher being the sole content provider and the knowledge bearer. And if we have an AI tool that is helping a student to learn, okay, I mean, we'll have to monitor the level of accuracy, depth, you know, um, screen time, things like that. But does it free up the teacher then to really actually be more relationally connected to students as coaches, as mentors, as goal setters and encouragers? And maybe that actually provides a new opportunity that we didn't have in the past, which I actually think could be more beneficial to our students in some ways. I'm, I'm personally really excited about. I've been playing with the term capacity builder mm -hmm. as, as the role for the teacher. And what do you mean by capacity builder for, for the student? For students. Yeah, to co coaching the student's capacity. And certainly relationship being a, a, a large part of that. A whole lot of years back when uh, technology was first beginning to show up in classrooms, there was a, a university professor I worked with and his presentation to teachers, uh, and it goes back to influence the, the, the title uh, I, I, uh, I, I, I use here of 
of a uh, of, of the teacher having a, a partner with the with the technology and his description was that if you were if you had a co-teacher who could do what the technology could do right then would you you, you wouldn't choose to try and outdo them <laughs> you know if you had a teacher that had this expertise as your colleague you'd find another role for you to play and that in many ways that early sign of technology was creating that opportunity for the for the teacher there's, there's a, a whole different set of roles that that uh, that that can be be taken on here, which which create the stage for the for for student learning potential to happen uh, beyond the teacher being the the, the source of of putting that te- the the teaching out. It's it's why I've been, been been driven by that concept of of getting more focused on learning than on teaching. Yeah, I think that that uh, has profound implications and seems like a really wise way to intentionally think about this. So um, any last words of uh, of uh, encouragement you'd like to lay out here for instructional coaches and school level leaders listening in? I would say that it is a really exciting time to be involved in education. There's a lot of innovation potential here with AI. And, you know, even though that can be overwhelming and it can feel like too much to manage at times, it is, you know, something that that is overall going to be good for students as long as we're proactive with it. Um, So that'd be my kind of big picture message. And then, you know, within that, it's just if you're a coach, if you're an administrator, starting about, you know, what you're doing in your own practice with AI. And then that'll start to help you find opportunities to bring it to students as well. I would say continue to be a lead learner. Um, This is going to continue to change. And there is too much knowledge and too much advancement happening over days with these tools (laughs) and with the options for anyone to really have I mean, if, if somebody is able to stay on top of all of these changes, I, I would like to meet them. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe news outlets and whatnot, but it is just, um, it is very challenging. So I would say, try to build a um, professional learning community around you, um, whether that be in person uh, with colleagues that you know, or even I feel like I have built a really wonderful professional learning community uh, digitally. Um, it could be through following folks, um, who have different entry points into AI. Um, it could be following Josh, myself, um, others, the Chester County Intermediate Unit, um, but really try to give yourself opportunity to learn with others in some capacity because it can be so overwhelming if you are the sole provider of kind of the AI implementation in your school or district. Um, but know that there are others who can be thought partners. And also, I um, just want to mention, don't hesitate to give us a call um, or send us an email or give us a follow or send us a message um, online. We love working with all schools around the country, around the state. So um, feel free to reach out to us anytime. And we're happy to be thought partners with you. Perfect. We go international too. That That's all right for you? I mean, we well, are part of our, <laughs> part of our mission at the Chester County Intermediate Unit is to reach Chester County, uh, which is in Pennsylvania and beyond. Um, so, yeah, we, we haven't had a huge footprint at that point uh, internationally um, taking over the globe. But uh, we would we would love 
<laughs> we would love to work with anyone um, anywhere. And we actually have gotten a lot of guidance um, from folks internationally, like Australia, uh, the UK. I mean, this is like um, Josh said, this is like COVID. You know, this is something that we are all grappling with and is exciting because it really does unite us all. So if I uh, if I post your uh, your, your emails at the uh, at the uh, at the IU, uh, best way for people to connect. Yeah, that that's the best way for them to connect with us. Um, and then we also are posting things on the Chester County Intermediate Unit social media and our personal social medias, um, which we can give you to link in the show notes as well. Terrific, terrific. Well, thanks so much, folks. Really appreciate you being with us. Yeah, it was a real pleasure. Thanks for letting us get to chat with you about this. It was. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.